Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and today I am joined by my intangible co-host, Tempest. Your jam fat champion. Hell yeah. How you doing, mate? I'm doing all right. No, I'm not. This has been a rough day. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a, I feel like that's a lie, actually. Yeah. I've seen your day today. It's not you been know, great. When people ask, how you doing? They mm. don't want you to tell the truth. They just want you to say fine. And then you move on. I do. I, I, I care I about you. Like you care. Yeah. But in general, when people are like, how's your day? How are you? How you doing? They don't mean any of that. Mm-hmm. They just are being courteous. And I understand it. That's why I try to be courteous back. And it's like, oh, not too bad, man. Thanks. How about you, pal? How about you? Yeah. But then if they turn that around and actually start to unload on me, I'd be like, no, 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 no. This is not the contract that we both signed. They start to unload on you, do they? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah. How has your day been? I am not a fan of this, (laughs) it turns out. See, I I come from the land of the terrible subway system. Mm-hmm. And I do not appreciate the Toronto Transit Council, whatever it is. TTC. Sure. I, I always want to say Toronto Transit System, but that's not that's not TTC. S- system with a C, yeah. Yeah. And they would routinely just shut down parts of the subway. Now, mm-hmm. keep in mind, we don't have a big subway. No. And when there's only, like, there are, there are four lines, but there's really two. There's really only two lines. It's one that goes horizontally along Bloor Street, and one that goes down Spadino, loops around and back up Young. That's it. So if you shut down any part of that, you, basically one of the two lines is just unusable. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're coming from the West End and you're going to the to downtown or anywhere and there's something wrong with that line, you're not getting on it. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. I go to the subway station today thinking that I'm coming to the world of immaculate public transit. And I find out that all of the subways going through that station going like one stop over Mm -hmm. maybe two stops over and I'm like alright that's annoying but let me go one over because there's like an interchange and I might be able to find like a different Mm -hmm. nope they've shut down all this I try maybe I could get on the other line that connects nope they've shut that down too and I was like well here I was thinking that this transit system would be the one thing 
That would be like a saving grace mm-hmm. on this play so far. Nah. Now keep in mind, I would not say that this is nearly as egregious as the Toronto incidents because there would be times where they would shut down the entire downtown loop of the subway on a weekend where there's a Blue Jays game, a mm-hmm. Raptors playoff game, and a concert, mm-hmm. plus an extra thing. Like, yeah. There would be a million things going on downtown Toronto and no way to get there just because people... Makes perfect sense to me. Toronto and Ontario is run by chimps, you know. Sure. You know. Idiots. Absolute idiots have no idea how to coordinate. But when I get on this subway and I'm trying to get to work so I can talk about Rampage, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like, no, you're going to have to Uber. Yep. And trying to get... I. You hit the connect thing, and it's like, oh, we've accepted your Uber. Let's find you a ride. Soonest drop-off, or latest drop-off, will be this time. Mm-hmm. And that time just keeps getting just pushed keeps back. Getting I, like, further. I don't think you understand what latest means. No. So stupid. And yes. sure enough, yeah, I had to, like, every time I've tried to order an Uber since I've gotten here, I have had to do it twice. Yeah. Because it just won't go through the first time. Mm-hmm. In Toronto, you can get an Uber anywhere, any time of day, and you will wait no longer than that four minutes. Yeah, that's that's not how London works. Nope. No. No, no, no. There's more people. There should be more cars. Yeah. But there's also more people that would need those cars and request those cars, which means there's no cars. Yeah. It's, so uh, have even more cars. Yeah, I know, right? That's what we need. That's the solution. More Uber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then when you got to the office, it was also a great day yeah. uh, because obviously Tempest was late getting into the office because of all the, all of the delays. And we have uh, a video to do. We have our WrestleTalk News video where I do the news and SmackDown review and you do your Rampage review. So we were already late getting the rushes to our editor uh, for them to edit the, the review. Uh, and you came in and you gave me the SD card after you finished recording your bit. I went to go upload the uh, upload the files to the, for the editor. And the files just didn't exist they they just weren't there and i looked through every single folder on this sd card and i was like dude the the files don't exist you're gonna have to re-record it's been a day i'm sitting there having a conversation because the lovely satin yangi was here today hell yeah in the office lovely fellow he's great you sat if you ever love that guy and i'm having a conversation we're like this far apart and I see Pete sitting right here, and I see his face just being like, just, there is... Vis- visible confusion, There's gift. confusion. Yeah. He's perplexed, and I'm like, there's only so many reasons he could be perplexed right now. Uh-huh. And all of them ha- involve me doing more work. Yeah. And sure and- enough, it's like, yeah, these files don't exist. And I just grab <laughs> his mask, and I power walk back to this stupid studio nothing today is going right yep. I sit down to play Fall Guys and I can't even play, get past the first <laughs> round so I'm just having a day I'm having a day like, it's uh, fine yeah fun we'll have Talking fun wrestling yeah and speaking of fun let's get into talking about Smackdown where Jeff Jarrett was revealed as a special guest referee for the Usos versus the Street Profits for some reason here's the show Tempest mic isn't on. That is news to me. But we tested it before. Goodness me. 
fixing it. Those intros and outros are gonna be great. Oh yeah. You know it. Go now. Da, 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 da. Hopefully that's better. Goodness me. That's better. Because we're having such a great day already. It's good. it's good. We did it. Yeah. Nailed it. Why is it Jeff Jarrett? Jeff Jarrett? Why is it Jeff Jarrett? I don't know. Christ. Get in your thoughts about this. The WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Because I have thoughts, I think. All right. About the this. actual reason has to be the Nashville thing. It's, it's in Nashville. Summer Sam is in Nashville. We got to get the, the hometown crowd into the building with a hometown star. But, like, isn't the point of SummerSlam being a big stadium show now that they have a big international traveling crowd so it won't be a hometown crowd? Isn't that the point? I don't know. If you're looking for a logical explanation of this, that's the best I got. Mm, yeah. So, let's just go through, actually, what happened and how this came about, because it came after the main event on this episode of SmackDown, which was Jimmy Uso versus Angelo Dawkins. Um, and they had Sami Zayn on commentary for this one. Uh, and, you know... Honestly, I feel like we're going to have differing opinions on this match because I didn't hate it. And I thought the the booking around it, right. it was it was a lot of booking, but I thought it was effective in what it tried to do. In that it was Jimmy Uso versus Sandra Dawkins. They were having a, a fine match. I would even maybe go so far as to call it good. It, it, was, it was good stuff, I thought. Um, they then had a ref bump, which looked fine. It wasn't like a very convoluted ref bump. It was, no. it was all right. As far as rough bumps go, this was this was pretty good. It was pretty decent, yeah. Uh, he went down, and then uh, Angelo Dawkins got a visual pin with a roll-up. Jimmy Uso then hit a super kick and got a visual pin on Angelo Dawkins, but the referee was still out. Referee was then starting to rouse. Angelo Dawkins hit a sky high, got the one, two, three on Jimmy Uso, but Jimmy Uso had his shoulder up, reminiscent of what happened in the Money in the Bank match. Uh, and I also like that there's a logical consistency as to why the referee didn't spot that because he was still out of it from the ref bump mm -hmm. and he was on like the wrong side like it makes sense that he would have missed that shoulder being up uh yeah so andrew dawkins gets the win but jimmy had the shoulder up so he was like hey you know shoulder was up that's not fair what the hell all that stuff i liked all of that i thought all of that it was it was effective booking and i think it that sort of booking can get very confusing very quickly, mm -hmm. but I think they left it enough space to breathe so that you hit all the beats that you wanted to hit in that story so that it all made sense. It was it was a schmoz, but it was an intentional schmoz, mm -hmm. and I think it worked for what it wanted to do. But then afterwards, Adam Pearce comes out on the stage and says, well, at Money in the Bank, the Street Profits were upset, and now here... Jimmy Uso is upset because both your your shoulders are up. Well, I figured out a solution. We're going to have a special guest referee at SummerSlam, and it's this man. And he throws to not Jeff Jarrett, but a video package of Jeff Jarrett. And it's like a really anticlimactic reveal. Like, they don't have, like, a tease as to who it is. Then go, it's Jeff Jarrett at the end. It starts off being like, oh, Jeff Jarrett, from, like, a, cr <laughs> a, a, a crowd chant or something. And it's like, wait, who's sorry? Did you want to say it again? And then it, like, pans to, like, a sign of, like, Jeff Jarrett. And it's like, okay. And then it goes on for, like, another minute of, like, Jeff Jarrett's career highlights. It's like, do you want, like, an impactful announcement moment? Or do you want a thing advertising? What do you want out of this? Very confusing. And then because I don't think they wanted the show to end on the crowd reaction of, huh? huh? They then had the... Uh, Usos and Street Profits brawl for a little bit, and then they went off the air. So, who cares? Jeff Jarrett. All right. I, but. Nah. But not, why? Not pulling it out of me today. There's. I, I don't know! <laughs> I don't know! It doesn't matter. It's a freaking tag title match. 
Their their answer to the, the tag title match that was amazing at Money in the Bank is just like just do it again, but but have Jeff, Jeff Jarrett in it. <laughs> it's like all right, if you, if you saw the one good thing that you did that that night and went, yeah, let's meddle with that one. Yeah, Whatever. I I also don't understand how they can say. Look, our referees have messed up a couple times, mm. so we need to get someone in who's going to call it right down the middle, who's not going to miss a single thing in that ring. Let's get in an old guy. He's going to fix it. An old guy that's who's, not a referee. Who's not a referee. Not a tag guy. It's so bizarre. Like, it's already you weird enough. any name out of a hat. Like, it's already weird enough that they're already saying that their own referees are bad. Like that—that's already weird enough. Mm. But then to say, not even if you were going to have some sort of justification of we're going to get in this tag team specialist because they—they they understand the chaos of tag team matches more than an average referee. Like it's a bad justification, but it's sure. a justification. Mm -hmm. Jeff Jarrett is here because he's from the south. <laughs> That's why he's here. Christ almighty. Oh my god. What? I don't know. Whoa. I don't know if it was just like... That accent came I, out of nowhere. Yeah. I love it. Like, I'll, like, I'll be honest. Never been a big fan of Jeff Jarrett. No, nah, me neither. I nah. never thought his work was very good. We saw what happened at TNA. You know, you made that decision, Jeff. You brought in Vince Russo. Yeah, and just like I see Jeff Jarrett come up, and I was like, "Oh, well." Actually, I was like, "What?" Because <laughs> yeah, I, I said to Tim, "I was like, have you seen who the special guest referee is?" Because he was watching SmackDown in the office, and he was like, "No, no, no." And I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna turn down." I was watching the the Wrestle Talk News episode. I was like, "I'm gonna turn down this bit so you don't hear me say who who it actually is." And uh, and yeah, just waiting for that moment. He was like, "Oh, here we go." Adam Pearce has come out, and I was like, "Here it is. Here it is. Here it is." And I'm just sitting, seeing him, uh, seeing him sit there. Just kind of head on his uh, hands on his head and just what? As that announcement happened, I was like, "There we go. There's the announcement." As it's stupid. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. It's dumb show. It's dumb. It's dumb. I don't think. I don't think it's going to add anything. In fact, I think it's going to detract. Yeah. From the match massively. Literally, if you just like, if you do the exact same match that you did at the last pay per view. Mm -hmm cool with me yeah you know they the story of the last one was they had a great match the story of this one is look at this dude look at this weird ass dude he's probably gonna have a weird i hope he doesn't have a weird referee outfit because all of his outfits oh, are weird yeah as hell. he probably will he's gonna be so distracting i'm not down i this whole thing just baffles me I, ju I just don't get it. Was, on a, on a fundamental level, I just don't get it. And that's... It was an odd way to end the show, put it that way. Considering they were advertising this through the whole show as well. Just be like, gonna have the special guest referee reveal later. Whoa, it's crazy. And it's like, oh, it's Jeff Jarrett. And you go, oh. Uh, Alright, I guess. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week, I guess. I mean, I guess technically this counts as a build for SummerSlam. Right? Sure. That's looking I at just, things positively. Yeah, I just... Yeah? I just don't get it. I don't get why you'd want Jarrett. I don't anyway... I'm not blowing my stack about this one. Today. No.
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Should we get into some of yeah, so what, what do you guys, think? guys think about What do you Jeff? guys think? Because J E double J A double R E double T. That guy. I hate it. Vandalia eight. Get the any ultra chats, by the way, to rustalk.com forward slash support. Gonna read out all the ones that are five US bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Vandalia eight said, Hey, Pete, your review of the recaps doesn't surprise me at all, because SmackDown did the same thing two years ago when the brand split was dying the first time. Sorry, why did I say two years ago? Did the same thing years ago, when the brand split was dying the first time, and SmackDown was basically a raw rerun with one or two original fights. History repeats, and so does WWE. It's probably because the number two is right under the word years. That's probably your brain it. probably just read them both at the same time. That's true. I did have an energy drink before this stream, so, you know, my brain's probably, like, tired, but just mm-hmm. going on catch-up and, and adrenaline rush. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, SmackDown in the day used to be horrendous. It, it, yeah. it was a completely missable show. Uh, this I still feel like has some sort of relevance in today's product. Like, to, in in the grand scheme of WWE right now, that has no relevance. It still has some relevance of the WWE scale. Sure. In their mind, at least, it doesn't feel like a B show necessarily. But they're both it's shows. not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I call them both C shows, but you know, whatever. Um, we have a, a leftover whole chat from yesterday's show. Uh, unfortunately, this is a question for Denise. We are not, Denise. But tell you what, we'll answer for her anyway. Not. 
I thought this was a different show. <laughs> Swear jar. Uh, Golden RK9 said, Hey guys, I uh, hope you're doing well. Denise, are you going to All Out? I was seated next to you at both The Warrior Show and Forbidden Door last month. Seems like you're at everything. Any predictions of what the world title match could be if Punk isn't ready? Um, well, to answer on behalf of Denise, Yeah, I'm going to All Out. I'm Denise. Why is she Cockney? I'm Denise. <laughs> I'm Denise. I'm going to All Out. Oh, I am. I assume she's going to All Out. I don't know. I haven't asked her. I would assume so. If you're going to All Out, uh, get a hotel near the venue. Because mm. we got real stranded last year. Yeah. Uh, and any predictions of what the world title match could be if Punk isn't ready? Who do you think Moxie would be facing? Uh, I don't really have an immediate one come to mind. I mean, uh, eh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a bunch of different things you could do, I suppose. Depends which direction you want to go. Malachi Black could get built up really big over the summer and do that. Yeah. Um, on it like wouldn't be my first choice but maybe you could do like moxley and jericho again because moxley beat him for the title and jericho mm -hmm. the next week was like no nah, i'm gonna get that title back at some point yeah and then it's never mentioned it again so i don't know maybe you do that i'm not like pushing for jericho to be main event again but no i'm not either you know um there are there's choices I think Malachi Black would be really cool, mm -hmm. um, especially because the House of Black is starting to have a bit more relevance now. They got a load of yeah. feuds spinning at the same time now, yeah. so I'm hoping that, we, especially with like Brody King having some of those feuds to himself, Malachi can then like spin off and go into a world title program. I think that'd be really cool. Yep, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, uh, Mayor of Painesville Dan said, okay. "Right now, there is nothing that keeps me watching WWE shows. As long as the investigation is going on without any real consequences, I can't." But the good thing is, around events like SummerSlam or Clash of the Castle, there are indie shows to support. That's a very positive way of looking at that, Dan. Yes. Very good, mate. Shout out to you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one more quick one. From Charles Berg that says, Guys, it totally makes sense to have Jarrett as special guest ref. I mean, think of all the history he hasn't had with the Usos. When the Usos won their first tag title, who wasn't there? Jeff. Infallible logic. <laughs> uh, Tempest, did you play Shredder's Revenge? Uh, I didn't, but I watched. Mm. Let's see, this is my, I got a bone to pick with you, Luke Owen, because I can see that you're popping into this ultra chat. I'm talking to you, tweeting out a picture saying, no Shredder's Revenge for me, while people were doing the Fall Guys like a couple days ago. And immediately, people get up, they go back, do do whatever their work, and he starts playing Shredder's Revenge. Mm -hmm. Does he tweet out a picture that he's playing Shredder's Revenge? No. I just have all the people coming at me saying, oh, Tempest, you said you were going to play with him. Come on, Luke! <laughs> Tell the full story, buddy! <laughs> I was not invited to play Shredder's Revenge. I sat there. <gasps> I played with Ollie. Then you played with Lori. I didn't get handed the controller. It's fine. It's not my fault. Unbelievable. Luke is such a heel. But for now, though, let's go through the rest of SmackDown, um, which uh, began with Michael Cole in the ring saying, here's Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee came out and did a promo. I like the fact that he came out to the SmackDown theme because they didn't want to pay for that White Stripes theme for SmackDown. Yeah. Which I would argue is like the best bit of the Pat McAfee presentation was the song. Mm. Like yeah. It got, it got yeah. people hyped at WrestleMania, but it's money in it, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, Pat does a promo saying that he's going to win at SummerSlam and he's going to beat up bum-ass Corbin. Bum-ass Corbin. And then Corbin comes on the screen. He's backstage. Mm -hmm. And he said that he's going to stay away from Pat 
because he was near him or the WWE universe, and they're smelly and disgusting. And he's contracted something, and he holds up his arm, and he's got a load of, like, red spots or, like, hives or whatever mm-hmm. on him. And then he says, oh, I've got something, so I'm not going to come down there. All right. What? Might want to get that checked out. Yeah, bud. you should, like, worry about that a bit more. Or, like, take some time away from... T- Why are you still here? I Go find home. it hilarious that there was a very public lawsuit involving WWE and their doctors being negligent. Mm. And their answer is to put on TV that Seamus just, oh, <coughs> I got COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. uh. And then this week, Baron Corbin's just got... Some, something. He's got Lyme disease or something. I don't know. <laughs> like... <laughs> Do you not think that, that might not be the best way to present yourselves? Yeah, I love when the NFL players run out in the tunnel and they're just like, yeah, you know, I got this condition, <laughs> got this crazy rash. It's probably contagious, but I don't know. I get he's trying to get out of a fight or something. But yeah. Like, it's just a weird, it's a weird very way strange. to frame it. Yeah, very weird, strange. It? it feels off. Yes. Uh, Pat McAfee then introduced Liv Morgan, and Liv Morgan had a championship contenders match against Natalia, mm-hmm. which makes perfect sense because Natalia got squashed last week by Ronda Rousey. So, yeah. of course, you should have a championship contenders match. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense to me. Uh, I thought this was a decent match. They got, you know, more time than a women's match normally gets. So that's nice. It was a little botchy in places, uh, but it was still solid overall. Yeah. It was it was all right. I think Liv's strikes need some work. Probably, yes. Otherwise, I mean, I saw the champion get a clean win. Hmm. That is more than I'm used to seeing. Yeah. I will absolutely take that. Yeah. Hopefully now Natalia can leave this program and never return. And she she sold the finish. Yeah. Unlike at the house show. So that's nice. Good job. Um, (laughs) Kayla Kayla Braxton (laughs) continues to be the worst journalist in WWE. The character uh, who went up to Liv Morgan and said, Liv, congratulations. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that your victory wasn't as dominant as Ronda Rousey's last week. Any comments? Like, what sort of question is that? In kayfabe, Kayla Braxton is terrible at her job and everyone knows it. In Kayla fabe. In Kayla fabe. Mm. I, it's a, it's like a running plot point on this show that they just, they employ a complete idiot. Yeah. Like the lowest... Of the low of WWE interview folk. Mm-hmm. It's just part of her character. She's just yeah. an idiot. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it's The thing is... Wouldn't be how I'd book my talent. Yeah. And th- the problem is, is I think that this isn't inherently a bad thing of Kayla Braxton saying this. Because I think there is a story element to it that Liv Morgan didn't beat Natalia as quickly as Ronda Rousey did. Sure. Uh-oh, Ronda Rousey might be better. It's the fact that this is what... This is everything that Kayla Braxton does. Is she approaches the wrestler and goes, "Well, you're a bit rubbish. Any thoughts?" Mm-hmm. And it's every time that she does this. It's like both the times against the the, the Usos and the Street Profits thing. They were mm-hmm. just like, "Usos, you might lose." Yeah. You ever thought about what you you're going to do lose? And losing? Street Profits, Street Profits. Uh, I've noticed that you haven't won a title in a year and a half. Why are you so terrible? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The lines that she's given are not good. Uh. We then had what I thought was a fun little interaction backstage between Paul Heyman and Theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Heyman essentially trying to sweet talk Theory and trying to say that, you know, don't cash in at SummerSlam because 
you should have a scheduled match. Think of all the money you could make if you have a scheduled match against Roman Reigns instead. And Theory was like, no, nah, I'm going to cash in SummerSlam. But I liked Paul Heyman's promo here. Logical. I thought, I thought it, it put over what he's trying to achieve, which is, mm-hmm. please, Theory, don't cash in at SummerSlam because it's going to be a brutal match with Lesnar and Reigns is going to be vulnerable, and I don't want him to take advantage of that. I liked it. Logical. Yep. I like it. Yep. What was illogical was the New Day. Hot damn. Every year they get some variation of the old day segment. Yeah. Like every year it's like, I feel like we haven't had our yearly or annual terrible New Day segment yet. Mm -hmm. They just can't help themselves. Here it is. It's this one. It's this one. Yep. They came out dressed as the Viking Raiders. And I. No, 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 no. They came out as the. New Vicious Viking Raiders, mm. which mm. is different, apparently. Yep, it is. Uh, my my notes for this are, they are dressed as the Viking Raiders. Where is the joke here? Is the joke that they're dressed like them, is that the comedy because it's not funny? Um, this is the company who has told the same joke that Shanky likes to dance every week for about six months. Is that even? joke is it a joke Pete? i don't know i don't think it's a joke tempest so they came out dressed as the viking raiders they show a recap of them from last week i thought this was so weird that they came out a couple weeks ago and like we can get serious we can get vicious let's go we're gonna beat up viking raiders and then they got their asses kicked and then last week they came out and they're like we're gonna kick your asses and then they got their asses kicked so this week they're gonna not take them seriously and try and mock them it's like you guys have been beaten up like three times in a row. Stop taking them seriously. These segments were in reverse order. Yeah. You, totally. You make fun of them first, get your ass beat, mm-hmm. then take them seriously, then have a real fight. Yeah. Yeah. How is that hard? I don't know, man. It is hard. <laughs> but then, what I loved as well about this, this was great, yeah. was uh, <laughs> Viking Raiders then came out, and I kid you not, Ivar's line in this promo, we are new and vicious. <laughs> I've said this before, <gasps> but these what? comedy writers that go to WWE for work experience or whatever, mm. if I saw WWE on your CV, I would not hire you. Yeah. God, like... Yeah, let me hire the guy that wrote The Room while I'm at it. <laughs> I know it's Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, himself, yeah. But you know what I mean. I, like... Like, the thing is... We are new and vicious. You can just act viciously and we'll pick up on that. We understand. Like, you know, just act vicious. You don't need to tell us. You're tearing me apart, Ivar! (laughs) (laughs) Everything sucks! No! It's literally just like, we are new. You You should care. Anyway, they go down to the ring. Shanky and Jinder Mahal are there in, in the, waiting in the wings. They attack the Viking Raiders. The babyfaces stand tall. They all dance in the ring apart from Jinder Mahal, who looks like he's considering it. I can't wait for that. Kayla um, Braxton is backstage with Walter. Got a recap of last week. Walter then chopped Ludwig Kaiser again, which I'm less keen mm-hmm. on. I would have rather that he just keeps it to when he loses. Yes. Like he's, He does his discipline. And he's like, right, now go back to winning. Rather than, you lost last week, I'm going to punish you again for Mm. the same thing that you did last week, you know? It's not what an actual leader would do. Yeah. You know? Because, to me, this just feels like they're just going to split up. Yeah. He's now, he's just a dick. Yeah. He's not, I have failed my leader. Mm -hmm. I am now receiving my punishment, which 
I deserve. Mm -hmm. Now he's just beating up his his partner. Yeah. Which is less, I'm less into. It's significantly less intriguing. Yeah. Uh, we then had uh, what was supposed to be Lacey Evans versus Aaliyah. We got a lengthy Lacey Evans video package of basically doing a whole promo from last week before she then came out and did the same promo as last same week. Promo. So we just saw the same thing twice. Um, yeah, she just says, you you aren't cheering me enough, and off I go, and then she walks out. I would call this a waste of time. I have no need for Lacey Evans. No. Uh, we then got a recap of uh, Drew McIntyre versus Butch from last week and Sheamus having COVID. Uh, and then uh, we got Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. That was big air quotes for podcast listeners. Uh, and my first note was, why do we think that this match will actually happen? Like, it didn't happen last week. Mm. Why would we believe that it's going to happen this week? And guess what? It didn't. Uh, the okay, this was su such a confusing this sequence of events. This was very odd. I'm just gonna, through it, Pete. Just gonna just going to run through it, and we're going to see if we can piece this together together me me and you chat we're gonna see if we can figure this out so drew mcintyre does his entrance the brawling brutes do their entrance and the ring announcer says it's ridge holland accompanied by the brawling brutes ridge holland so that's already against what the advertised match is because it was drew mcintyre versus sheamus and then the commentators are like oh that's different that i thought it was going to be sheamus what's going on no one seems to know what's happening Sheamus is still seems to be under the impression that he's wrestling because he gets into Drew McIntyre's face when they get in the ring. Butch then gets out of the ring and grabs the ring bell. Sheamus then gets out of the ring to be like, whoa, what are you doing, Butch? Why have you got the ring bell? And then Butch rings the bell and the people in the ring at that moment are Drew McIntyre and Ridge Holland. And I guess that makes the match official because you rung the bell and two people are in the ring. But the match was already official before that because that's what the ring announcer said. So what is the what was the actual scheduled match in that case? Was it Rich Holland or was it Sheamus? I ain't got a clue. And then Sheamus continued to sell this like, why'd you ring the bell, butch? And then the commentators were saying, oh man, Sheamus keeps ducking out Drew McIntyre. Like he needs to, he needs to actually face him one of these days. And... He wasn't the one that orchestrated him getting out of this match. Like, he seemed as annoyed about it as Drew McIntyre was. All right, I've got a few My thoughts. My brain here. hurts. Got a few thoughts here. Yeah. How about if... See, and this doesn't work with last week at all. Sure. Because last week, Sheamus was actively ducking Drew. Yes. This week, he seemingly was unintentionally ducking Drew. Yes. You could say that the brawling brutes don't think Sheamus can win. Sure. So they're trying to take this fall for him. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense if you look to the next week. Sure. But that's a plot point that they could introduce at some point. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I have full belief that this match is just going to take place at SummerSlam. They're just going to yeah. do number one contenders match at SummerSlam. And that's for the Clash of the ta at the Cashel. Clash at the Cashel. Clash at the Cashel. <laughs> If you just announced that match, like, the week after Money in the Bank, mm -hmm. and just said, you know what, SummerSlam, Drew, Sheamus, number one contenders, I'd be like, cool, probably a really good match. And yeah. Match with stakes. You don't need to false advertise this and do this bait-and-switch crap every single week. Third of all, most importantly, every single person on the roster needs to hire their own personal ring, ring bell ringer. Mm-hmm. Because if you can just ring the bell and that starts the match, why would you not ever just 
Pin someone, ring the bell. You're pinning them. You won. Yeah. Match is over, there apparently. That's the magic well, power beat of them the bell. Up. Beat them up real bad and then have your personal bell ringer ring that bell. It's a knockout ah, right there. Ring my bell. Anyway, <laughs> it's so dumb. And it's I don't stupid. like, I, I said to you in the office earlier, because this would come up later, you can dissect every single part of a WWE show. There is not a moment where everything makes sense. No. You know? If it, and this is where, again, the minus one thing comes into play, where it's like, if it's not this, then it's the commentary. If it's not that, then it's the camera work. If it's not this, the blah, 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 blah. There's a million of them. And when they introduce something like this, it's like, minus one. Mm -hmm. that, that don't make sense. Yep. That, that don't make no sense. Nope, exactly. Uh, Drew McIntyre won against Rich Holland very quickly. We then got a really long advertisement for SmackDown, uh, for SummerSlam even, and then we got a recap of Brock Lesnar on Raw. Uh, and then, okay, 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 okay. So Theory made his entrance. Ah, uh -huh, yes. Then we cut to an ad break. Then we got an advert for SummerSlam. Then we got a recap of Brock Lesnar on Raw. Then we cut to Gorilla Position and a promo from Mad Cat Moss. Then he, uh, Paul Heyman does a promo. Then we go to another ad break, and then we get a recap of Maximum Male Models, and then we get to Theory versus Mad Cat Moss. Oh my god! Yeah. That is an absurd amount of time that it, Theory was, it was in the ring. It was about 15 minutes of absolute nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Uh, the promo with Mad Cat Moss and Paul Heyman I quite liked. It was essentially the same promo that Paul Heyman did earlier, but he tweaks it for Mad Cat Moss to be like, you know, you, you could injure Corbin, do the same thing to Theory to try and make sure that Theory is injured so he can't cash in at SummerSlam. I I like it. I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense for Paul Heyman's character. It's good. Uh, well, once again, of course, they can't just have you, like, realize things by a person's actions. We can't actually take in, like, subtext or anything like that. So Mad Cat Masters goes, you're scared of theory cashing in! Like, yes, thank you. That We understand Got that's that. what Paul Heyman wants. Here is the smallest nitpick you will ever see. <laughs> this, this, this is great. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. I think the most insignificant thing that I've noticed about WWE, my latest pet peeve, yeah, I noticed in this in this segment in particular is when someone interrupts an interview segment and they're like, Mackenzie or Megan or Kayla, whoever, please leave. Give me the floor. And the person with the microphone walks off and the volume doesn't change. <laughs> the sound quality is exactly the same. Which the shot the is mic'd exactly the same whether the interviewer with the stick mic is standing there doing this or not. Uh, it's good. It's like doesn't matter. It's just it's a prop. It's just dumb. It's a yeah, prop. It's it a matter. prop mic. Yeah. It's just a, it's again it's totally insignificant. Yeah. But I see it and I go minus one. Yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, we then had uh, theory versus oh sorry next week as well. Maximum male models. We're getting Maxine Dupree, who is Max Dupree's sister apparently. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I will admit the name when I saw it did make me laugh because mm -hmm. I thought it was stupid. Uh, but that made me chuckle. We then got Theory versus Madcap Moss, which was a decently long match. Hey, I actually did some wrestling on this show. It got some time. That's the bar that we're going for. They had wrestling on this show. Was it good wrestling? Eh. But it was wrestling. Um, they they had a good match, I thought. It was it was fine. It was decent stuff. Uh, but of course, it ended in a DQ. Because WWE doesn't know how to end matches. Uh, Madcap Moss gets announced as the winner because Theory used the Money Bank briefcase. Immediately afterwards, he just does a promo and says, no one cares, I'm still Mr. Money in the Bank. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you're right, wins and losses don't matter. So... Which has been 
extremely illustrated by this man who we looked up in the office oh, has not won a singles match since April. <laughs> Mr. Money in the Bank, probably going to be your next WWE champion of some sort in the near future, has not won a match since April. Yeah. Since he beat Finn Balor for the U.S. title. They have no idea what they're doing. Absolutely. You can't just have him beat Madcap Moss. Why are you protecting Madcap Moss over giving a clean win to perhaps your next champion? Who knows? So, so stupid. Yep. Uh, Sami Zayn came out and said he's disrespecting the tribal chief. The Usos came out to help Sami Zayn, which I thought was weird. I'm like, is Sami actually in the bloodline now? I thought they wouldn't have done that. You could make the argument that they were just coming out for the main event match, and it just so happened that they were coming out to Sami, and Sami's going to think that he was protected. I don't know. I don't have that much faith in WWE. And then we had the main event that we already spoke about. So just very quickly before we move on to Rampage, I'd just like to point out that the amount of recaps and uh, video packages on this show... Not including instant replays. Just recaps of stuff from previous weeks and video packages totaled 11 minutes and 50 seconds on this show. Which is an absurd number when you think that on a two-hour show, like 40 minutes of that is ad breaks anyway. Yep. So out of one hour, 20 minutes-ish, nearly 12 minutes of that is just stuff we've already seen. Show's awful, Pete. This is a it's terrible television program. It's it's not. It's it fails not in good. every level of production. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and, it's like, uh, and then you're you the 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 bar that we're trying to hit here is oh there were a few two star matches on this show. <laughs> yeah, that's the bar. This I gave this a three out of five because there was wrestling on it, yeah, and that's better than nuts. better than normal. It is better than normal. That's it. Maybe I'm just Full being stop. too generous. I don't know. Minus five stars. Sure. <laughs> Let's talk about Rampage. Uh, Tempest, take us through it. What happened on Rampage? So, I mean, I mean, bang, they start. Match already in the ring. We got uh, Johnny Hungy mm. and Alex Reynolds against the Kings of the Black Throne. Oof. I don't think I've ever said, I really like that they have their own team name with mm. that, within House of Black. I just yeah. think that's cool. Uh, this was a really fun match. I think a superbly wrestled opener. They had some really fun spots where Johnny Hungy was matching strength with Brody King, and they were both doing the shoulder block spot, and they'd step up and then hit the other one, and then finally John Silver like knocked Brody King. Not he didn't take a bump, but he kind of like staggered backward, fell over, then immediately got up and knocked him down. Just be like. You could tell, like, he was embarrassed by mm-hmm. it, but just knocked him down. Malachi Black went up to the top rope, and because Alex Reynolds and John Silver, they hit their, their tag team tandem mm-hmm. sequence, which ends with John Silver hitting a, a big German suplex. They had to do that twice in order to get Brody King off his feet. Great detail. And Malachi Black jumped off the top rope, cleared, like, three-quarters of the ring with a drop kick to break it up. Very good stuff. Hit the Black Mass, and then they hit Dante's Inferno on Alex Reynolds for the win. And then as they were going back up the ramp, Darby Allen jumps off the entrance ramp, or off the entrance tunnel, and takes out Brody King. He kind of gets, like, yeeted down the ramp, but he just gets back up, jumps on Brody King's back, and they brawl into the crowd. Meanwhile, Sting comes out, and they just have a really long, kind of weird stare down between Sting and Malachi Black, where it's like, who's going to make the first move? No one. I'm going to turn and go back, but I'm going to turn? No, not right now. And they went back, and this is going to be a tag team match of some sort in the near future, and I'm okay with that. Mm, I am as well. And also, as you mentioned as well before, the House of Black are now feuding with loads of people. A lot of people. Which is good. 
because they've been needing to do something for ages. Yes. And now they're doing stuff. Yes. Which I'm all for. <laughs> See, what probably happened was we had to stretch out that House of Black death triangle thing for mm. an extra pay-per-view cycle that they weren't prepared for. And these are all the things that we were going to do in between that time <laughs> that we're now trying to catch up on really quick. Big Might not actually be the case, but I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yes. Because afterwards, we got a promo from Miro, who said mm. that he wasn't sure if God sent him a devil, and if he wasn't sure that if he was sent the House of Black to defeat them or to be recruited by them. Woo! I... Love Miro. Miro's fantastic. He's the best. He is. I thought this promo was awesome. A perfect wrestler. He's a perfect wrestler. He he's is great. So great. I'm yeah. so happy that he's back on TV. And I, I don't know where this is going to go. Legitimately, I have yep. no idea. But I think I'm happy with wherever he goes. Yeah. Any any option involves seeing Miro on TV. Mm. And that means it's going to be good. That's cool with me. Yep. Yeah. All on board with this. Absolutely love it. We got Caprice Coleman came out for... This Ring of Honor World Championship match. Mm -hmm. I thought he did a fantastic job on this show. Really putting over some of the stories going in and how Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham fighting for this ROH World Championship. Like he said that Jonathan Gresham had a long reign as pure champion, and in pure matches, you can't do strikes. So he wasn't used to just getting hit in the face. He's got a weak chin. And the first few spots of the match are Lee Moriarty hitting him in the mouth and him rolling to the outside and needing to regroup. It just is commentary that adds to the match. Meanwhile, you've got Jericho on commentary who didn't know the story at all. It was like, oh, well, Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham, they're, they're tag partners and former friends. was like, they're not, though. That's the story is that they're not. That Lee Moriarty was his challenger that tried to do something and Jonathan Gresham didn't accept it. Yeah. Piss off, Jericho. Anyway, this is what I thought was a very fun match. Lee Moriarty has had a few chances to kind of show that he is... Somebody in AEW, he's had his match with CM Punk, had his match with Brian Danielson, but I hadn't thought that those matches were really like the Lee Moriarty showcase, and this was more of that, mm. but not to the level that like Wheeler Yuta had against John Moxley or anything sure. like that. This was a very good match for, for Lee Moriarty, but ultimately John Gresham was able... John Gresham? That's not right. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Gresham, he got him in the octopus hold and tapped him out. Big Johnny Gresh. Big Johnny Gresh. Yeah. And then after the match, Jonathan Gresham gets on the mic, says that hold for hold, he's the best wrestler in the entire world, and every week he's going to be on AEW beating your favorites. Sounds good to me. Tully Blanchard gets on the mic, says that this is the best wrestler in the world, and they're interrupted by Claudio Castagnoli, and it's revealed later in the night that that is going to be the world championship match for Death Before Dishonor. Big and we were wondering up. last week if they were going to have a match better than Jonathan Gresham versus Lee Moriarty set for that pay-per-view. Yeah. They did. They did. They, they sure did. Fair play to you. I am really looking forward to that match. And honestly, I, I wasn't really going to check out Death Before Dishonor. I was like, oh, I might check out. If there's like any huge matches that people say are great afterwards, I'll go probably check them out post. But now I'm like, I might watch this show. Mm -hmm. Audio's on it. And there's some other really good matches lined up for this now. So I might I might watch it. Uh, yeah, I thought this is a great sell for, yeah. the, for the show, honestly. It, it gave you, like, this is a match that you probably need to see now. Yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much it will matter selling the pay-per-view, but having a world title match with a big star that you don't know who's going to win, mm -hmm. that's a lot more interesting than going in against Lee Moriarty and be like, I don't think Lee Moriarty's going to win. Yeah. If he does, it would be a big surprise, but I don't think a lot of people would buy it like expecting him to do right. it. Yeah. So I really like that. Mm -hmm. I really like the build for this Death Before Dishonor. I think the card looks pretty fantastic, honestly. And if they just keep doing... Stuff like that, obviously, they want to get Ring of Honor on TV and mm. everything, but 
if they could just keep building shows like that, having cards like that, I think they're going to be just fine. Quick question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you think Claudio's going to win? I don't know. Like, maybe. I would think that would really take the legs out from under Jonathan Gresham. But, man, it's Claudio, isn't it? Like, my thing is, it probably would take the legs out from Gresham. But having the Ring of Honor World Champion and the Ring of Honor Pure Champion Ooh. in Blackpool Combat Club together, I'm like, that's cool. And, cool and the interim AEW World Champion, like yeah. everyone's getting gold. Like that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It all it depends on how much effort you want to put in at this exact moment, because mm. you would need to do more to make Jonathan Gresham as world champion go up to that level. It can be done, you just have to build him up because he hasn't been on TV. But if you just want to put the title on someone who's going to be like, that's your ROH world champion, Claudio Castagnoli. I think that's also a very, very reasonable thing to do. Yeah. Just whether you want to sacrifice one for the sake of the other, that's the decision you got to make. Yep. Very good. We also had a promo from Christopher Daniels, who's still here. Don't know why he's not on TV more often. Wild. Love me some CD. And he said that he was going to, you know, he cut a promo on behalf of Smojo, basically. Yeah. He said he was going to fight Jay Lethal. They'll probably have a match, like, next week. It'll probably be good. Yeah, sure. It's cool. cool. It's one of them Ring of Honor matches. Yeah. You know? It is what it's it fine. is. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, we also got a tag team match. A really short tag team match, mm. in fact. Yeah. Really short. Because Athena and Chris Statlander took on the Renegade Twins, mm -hmm. and these Renegade Twins, I was expecting some twin magic or something. I thought it was like I was expecting a match. Mm. Instead, Babyface just beat them up, and then they hit. They sort of hit like a uh, electric chair into a second rope code breaker. And there's always a problem when you have multiple people falling in the same move because they never can just boom, 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 all land at the same time. Yeah. Stop doing moves like that. That's word to all wrestlers. Anytime you try and do a move like that, where multiple people are falling at the same time, double drop kick spot, double spot, none of them look good. It's like a 1% success rate. <laughs> but sure enough, like, they get one of the two twins out of the ring, and Athena just, like, hits a Saito suplex and then hits the Eclipse and wins. Mm -hmm. That was the whole match. Layla Gray was sitting at ringside because baddies and everything. She gets up. She tries to get, you know, tries to interfere. And then Jade Cargill and Kira Hogan came down to the ring and laid out Athena and Chris Statlander. This was very by the books. Yeah, sure was. Uh, is this the first time that we have seen Jade Cargill run down to the ring to, like, save someone? <laughs> Might have been. Because genuinely, watching her run down to the ring, I was like, this looks weird. <laughs> like, she's not doing her entrance. <laughs> I've never seen her running animation before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's actually what it is like. I'll also say they didn't give the segment enough time because if they wanted to lay out the baby face and have the heels stand tall, you should do that. But the baby face shouldn't be taken down by like a move. Yeah. You know, like Jade Cargo hit a pretty cool looking movie. It was like a pump handle spin around like face buster kind of thing. It looked pretty cool. But like just doing that, whoop. And yeah. then Athena was out of it. And it's like you need to do more than that to have them, like, be out, you know? You also can't really expect me to believe that that's the takeout angle after, like, a 28-second match. Yeah, right, yeah. I'm not going to believe that you're tired. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah, if it yeah. was, like, a 25-minute match before that, and then they come down, hit sure. one more move, and it's like, okay, that's just the icing on the cake. Yeah, but, like, they were as fresh as could be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I expect more, mm. and I didn't get it. Yeah. The Ass Boys and Ass Man, that's you, they were in the <gasps> ring, the ass club, 
And uh, they didn't really say anything. They, Billy Gunn was just like, I treated those boys as good as my own sons. Actually, I treated them better than my own sons. And then they get interrupted by the acclaimed, who come out, don't have the promo during the thing. And they go into the ring, and Billy Gunn's just like, whoa, one more time before we can all go our separate ways. Scissor me, daddy ass. Doesn't make sense doesn't make because sense. you are daddy ass. You can't just say the line. It yeah. don't make no sense otherwise. And, uh, yeah, they didn't accept. Anthony Bowens hit a super kick. They tossed the ass boys out of the ring. And then they cut a promo about how Billy Gunn has a little small dick. And that that's it. Um, the acclaimed are going to make fantastic baby faces. They are. I think. I mean, they already had a lot of baby face yeah. pops going in. Like, they, there's a lot of call and response to their act for sure. So it makes sense that that kind of act gets built into a baby face thing. I just don't care about the Gun Club. Nope. I'm sorry. Nope. I think Billy Gunn adds nothing to AEW. <laughs> yeah. I I think that the acclaimed need to have a match with the Ass Boys. Beat them soon. Move on. Beat them. Move on. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Not into it. We got the backstage Mark Henry bit, which we normally don't really talk about because it's just, it's time for the main event. Yeah. And good job, Mark. Earn your money. But this time it was a little bit interesting because Andrade starts cutting the promo for on behalf of Private Party. And then we learn that, hey, man, we've been trying to call you. We've been trying to text you. We've been trying to WhatsApp you, face Facebook you, uh, my MySpace you is yeah. what they said. And... You know, it's about what you would expect. Andrade only calls upon them when he needs them, but doesn't help them because he's a bad guy. He's a heel. Yeah. Whatever. And they're going to face the Lucha Brothers, and then they had a match. Also, forgot to mention, Stokely Hathaway's trying to recruit Lee Moriarty backstage, and Matt Seidel sets up a match with Lee Moriarty and Dante Martin for next week. I think that match should be very fun. I think it will. And then we got our main event, Mm. which was Private Party against Lucha Brothers. I did not think this was the most... Smoothly wrestled match ever. No, it was a little bit botchy. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit, which is just like, it, it is what it is, but a lot of the time Rampage main events will kind of be like meh, or they'll be fantastic. This one was more meh. It just, mm. you know, there wasn't a whole lot to it. Private Party, I thought, looked very good early. They did dives to the outside. Isaiah Cassidy, in, in particular, was very charismatic, landed right in front of the camera. You know, she's like, oh, I'm on fire, baby. Like, you know, yeah, one of those really good moments that felt genuine and authentic and everything. Ray Phoenix had a really good shine sequence, but unfortunately, Penta slipped on the ropes when he was making his hot tag and the crowd kind of let him hear it. And that's tough. Like, that really is probably the most important part of a match like this. You know, aside from the finish, like, mm-hmm. the hot tag in a main event tag match like this is kind yeah. of what you want to hit. And it didn't hit, and it kind of killed the match from that point onward. Because... Very quickly afterwards, they did a near fall, Penta hit Last of the Dragon, and then he went to go and hit something, and Roosh ran in. And this is where things get funky for this me. This is weird. Because Jose gets on the on the apron, and he immediately is then followed by Alex Everhamptis. And they brawl and whatever, reference distracted. Andrade gets on the other side, and he gets super kicked. This is when Roosh runs in, and the referee still has his head out the thing, and that's fine. Roosh, like, runs in, hits Penta in the back of the head, and, like, falls into the referee, which is already, this spot is now just looking jank. But he hits him, and in the motion of selling this forearm to the back of the head is Penta then just hitting a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> and they just, they just tags in Ray Phoenix, and, and he wins. Black tiger, tiger Driver and wins. Yeah. 
and they go off the air with like the Andrade whatever just being you know lost in fact lost intangibles. They're just like darn. No, what's happened? Yeah. The plan. Yeah. Foiled again. This I, was way overbooked. Yeah. I I think I was I was saying this to you in the office. I think that I think there is a story there that they were trying to tell of bad guy interferes, but baby faces overcome that mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. But I think you needed to have more time and not have it be so jam-packed towards the end. You need to hit the beats to let the audience breathe in what's happening. So you needed like Roosh to like hit Penta. Penta to be like staggering against the ropes. Roosh like poses to the crowd, be like, "Yeah, I hit the baby face. I'm great. I did it." And then behind him, Penta like recovers and hits a destroyer. He goes, "Ah, oh, no, I didn't do the thing. Oh, I've been foiled." Like just having that space to breathe and let people realize what's happening, rather than him hitting Penta into a destroyer that he hit, is like that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's, it was it was like you said, very overbooked, and it just needed to to be condensed down a little bit. It needed better presentation. The camera work didn't capture things like kind of as they were happening as yeah. well as I would have liked. Because again, another way I thought you could have done this is if you have Penta kind of setting up the Canadian destroyer as is, like mm -hmm. the guy's already head between his legs, the whole deal, and referee's distracted, and Roosh comes in and just hits him from behind as he's standing there, and that momentum sends him over and he hits the Sure. Move. It's still wacky, but yeah. like, it would be better than just like, oh, he hits him and then walks forward and just hits his move anyway. Yeah. Because I saw it the first time. I was like, wait, did he hit him? Did he Did he miss? Mm. What What happened? What have, what have I missed here? Why did he just hit a Canadian destroyer? Yeah. I It didn't make sense to me. It didn't click. And that's how the show went off the air. And yeah. once again, I'm stuck here feeling like the weirdest possible choice to main event. The only weirder choice here would have been like the, the girls match. But like... Why was the Ring of Honor Championship match not the main event? To have Claudio come out. And I guess they wanted to like have that happen to announce the match later in the show, but just put the graphic up right then. Mm -hmm. You could tell I have that. no idea why they couldn't have swapped things around. And so often that's the biggest complaint I have with Rampage. Mm -hmm. Is just if you mix the order up a lot of the time, the overall flow of the show is just so much better. And I yeah. didn't get it this week. Yeah, uh, overall I thought this was like an average ap episode of Rampage. There mm -hmm. wasn't anything that special. I think like you mentioned in your review, like the first half of it was really good. The second half of it was not very good. There was a lot of missable stuff. Some stuff didn't quite work. Mm -hmm. um, but overall it was fine. Yeah, it yeah, was alright. Like, below, because it's an average quote-unquote episode. It's average per like regular show standards. Sure, yeah. It's like it's a below average episode of Rampage. For sure. You know, Absolutely, yeah. Didn't start that way, but it kind of ended that way, unfortunately. Yeah, which is a shame. So before we get into the rest of your Ultra Chats, I believe we need to say thank you to some very special people. And those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on our Patreon page. If you've not been to our Patreon page yet, you should. Loads of extra bonus content, loads of extra awesome perks, including if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to Send Me to Heaven, Evan Reich. Yeah. Pick him up, Loot Sponge. Two lot to handle, Lottie McCulloch. Yeah. Manipulating Manu Maria. Yeah. How do you like them apples, Marcel Jura? Yeah. Marcus, he's got soul, Campbell. Yeah. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Yeah. 
He's got two first names, Matt Howard. Yeah. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Yeah. What's love got to do, got to do with it, Matthew Turner? Yeah. Extra little flair in the end, I like that. Got you. You'll never get this name right, you idiots. Matthew Zimczewski. Yeah. Max Kurt Wallander Wallen. And finally, for this Hall of Fame class of the 16th of July, 2022, Michael Jensen Radio. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much, all of our beloved Pledgehammers. Uh, let's get into uh, the rest of your ultra chats here. Last chance to get those in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. It's going to read all the ones that are five US dollars and up by the time the show goes off the air. Apart from this one that comes from Luke Owen, who has donated apparently dollar sign loads. Sloads. Yeah, sloads. Uh, he said, just a reminder that these are the lyrics to Jeff Jarrett's TNA theme. The earth is not your place. The pale skin is on your face. If you step inside with me, you will see a king. He ain't dead. He is Jeff. Don't want to hear your big mouth talk in my world. That's right. He ain't dead. He is Jeff. Well then. Hot damn. I do Thanks, appreciate Luke. Luke coming in with his TNA. Mm. TNA bits. Yeah. Great stuff, Luke. Thanks, wow. mate. Yep. Armageddon94 has been a member for three months in a row. Woo. Thank you. Who said, uh, maybe Jarrett is a Heyman plant? He found someone who's easily swayed or manipulated to ensure an Uso win. <laughs> <laughs> he is easily Very manipulated. Very good. It's a bad reason, but it's better than none. It is a bad reason because that's not what it would be in kayfabe. That would literally much. be the opposite of what you would want this referee to be. Exactly, yeah. But I like, I find that funny. Yeah. Uh, Kevin said, well, technically, Theory, Theory's last win was at Hell in a Cell against Mustafa Ali. I won't blame you if you forgot, since everything is missable, but still. But don't worry, he'll have a win at Mania against Cena, and everyone will be happy. Sarcasm. Did he win against Mustafa I, Ali? Was that me. the handicap match with Miz? I said single. Yeah, single match. I didn't match. say win, yes. We, because, yes, you're correct. He and the Miz beat Mustafa Ali in a handicap match. Mm. Last singles win was Finn Balor in April. It's bad either way. It's not good. No. Yeah. Uh, Kevin said, uh, because I only watch Dynamite, I don't really take time to watch your reviews, but shout out to Pete for the video essay on Reigns. It was really good. Hope we can have more of that type of content. Well, you are in luck. Uh, I've got a couple more of those style of videos coming out soon. Um, so yeah, in fact, I'm recording another one right after this podcast. Uh, so hopefully that'll be out sometime in the week, maybe. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see how long it takes to get edited. But yeah, uh, I've got another couple lined up, so... Yay, more stuff like that. Thank you so much, everyone, by the way, for everyone that, that watched that video and gave me some very nice feedback because I was kind of worried that no one was going to watch it. Uh, but loads of people did, and people really seemed to enjoy it. So that's great. Thank you so much, everyone. Well done, Pete. Thank you, mate. Uh, Adam Pearson. Hi, Adam. Master celebrity Master Chef's yeah. own Adam Pearson. Uh, said, salutations, you legends. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say, how good is it watching WWE at a normal time in a bar? Oh, probably still not great. Uh, with SummerSlam yeah. around the corner, how would you guys book the Go Home Raw and SmackDown shows to get best to best get people hyped and stay hyped for the pay per view? I mean, I have to do a lot of work mm. you know. to get people hyped for it. All right, crazy idea, guys. We're scrapping all the plans. Yeah, I would just here's all these other matches card. instead. <laughs> yeah. Lesnar's not here anymore. Yeah. We're having Lesnar versus Otis. Oh. <laughs> 
Boy. I'd pay to see that. Yeah, I'd pay to see it too. Yeah. It's, I don't, I don't know, like, just do something. Do anything to justify this Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar match. Like, give me a reason why it's happening. It's the last time ever. Yeah. Last time ever. I genuinely don't know. I'm so mentally checked out. Trying to, pardon me, trying to fantasy book WWE programming is a fruitless effort. Because literally, like, I, when I'm trying to think of what I would do if I was AEW with something, I'd be like, might be this, might be this. But I feel like most of the time you can be sort of on the same path. And even if you're not, oftentimes I'd be like, you know what? You probably know better than me. Mm-hmm. I, I will believe that this Swerve in Our Glory thing will be better than FTR and the Young Bucks 3. It'd be tough, but I will give you the benefit of the doubt because I love these guys. Mm-hmm. Try and figure out something. Like, you cannot try and figure out, I wonder who Cora and Roxanne's first challengers are going to be for the titles that they just won because they will break up the tag champions the next week. So trying to, like, fantasy book this or look anywhere down the line is just a fruitless effort for me. I mean, I feel like some people might like that because a lot of people like car crash television where you're just like, oh, who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be crazy. It doesn't have to make sense. It's going to be crazy. Whereas, like, I... I feel like I feel like it's not unreasonable to ask that shows make sense. Mm-hmm. That that's that's just me. Uh, we also have a new member that is Trash Panda. Woo! Thank you so much for becoming a new member. Uh, really do appreciate it. So Tempest, how has your day been? <laughs> uh, my day's been all right, you know. Uh, yeah, my day's been fine. Sitting next to a beacon of positivity. Oh yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually was sat next to a beacon of positivity. Satini Yangi. Yeah. Uh, he's great. Love that man. Uh, he, um, yeah, my, my day was all right. I didn't sleep very well. Woke up at about three thirty this mm. morning, uh, and just couldn't get back to sleep. It was just lying there, and I was like, "Well, I better get up." Yeah. So I got up at about four. Uh, and did some other work bits and pieces because that's what I do, apparently. Uh, and then, nice and early, uh, you know, had had a, had a shave, uh, shaved my head, trimmed my beard, had a shower, then started work a little bit early because I knew I had a lot of things to do today, recording another video after this podcast is done. And we had sat into the office today, so I need to make sure I was in early for that as well. So, yeah, so I was like, i got a lot to do. We'll, we'll get this done. So I had a, a, an okay day. Uh, my my uh, travel to the office was smooth no complaints uh so that was that was nice yeah it's been fine it's been fine apart from the news video going out late and then youtube changing the way it does checks on videos so now it takes like half an hour after it's uploaded where it just has to sit there waiting even though the video is ready to go mm. it's just like no we need to finish running checks first actually and it's like can we just push it live please other than that though other than that, it's been fine. Other than World War Three, it's yeah. been okay. And you know what? I'm excited because uh, tomorrow I'm gonna go visit my parents. Mm. Uh, myself and my partner are gonna go uh, drive over to my parents' place, uh, a couple hours drive away. Go visit them. It's there. They live in the middle of nowhere. So that's gonna be nice. Just get away from everything for a, for a couple of days and go go and stay there. Should be good. God, I'd love to get away from things. Yeah, right. Turns out you can't do that in this city. Nope. Impossible in London. Nope. Uh, but I'm gonna try. 
I'm going to try and introduce my parents to Unmatched oh. when I go. I'm going to take Unmatched with me. And I I don't know whether they're going to get it or not. Mm. I don't know if it's their kind of game, you know? Did they ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> no. <laughs> funnily enough, they didn't. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think we'd have anything in common. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, they, they are. I, that's the thing. They loved Ticket to Ride when mm. I introduced Ticket to Ride to them. My favorite game. Yeah, they, they absolutely loved it. Because I, when I was living with them for a bit, uh, Christmas 2020, uh, I bought Ticket to Ride in anticipation of me going there. And we played it so many times yeah. over that period when I was living there. To the point where then I, when I moved back to London, they then bought Ticket to Ride for themselves after mm-hmm. I left. Because they went, well, we need this game. Uh, well, they clearly weren't just humoring you. No. So they, 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 they love it. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're not opposed to board games. But it's just the idea of, you know, like combat and, you know, moving around the board strategically and having cards that do different effects. I think they might just be like, oh, I'm a bit overwhelmed. You know, in like Adam's sketch that he did of playing board games with your family. Yeah. That's my family. Mm. So they'd just be like, oh, it's a bit confusing for your mother. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. All right. That checks out. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to go. But if not, we're going to play the mind because I think that they will understand and enjoy probably. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. My, my family was always just like, yeah, we'll play a board game once a year yeah <laughs> Christmas or something you know just, yeah I got three of them for Christmas <laughs> I want to play all I've had Cosmic Encounter just sitting there mm-hmm. for like a year yeah and I'm just like no play with me mm-hmm. well, I was excited to come here because sure enough like we go to the pub and it's like Oh, well, we're going to bring a couple board games with us. Yeah. What are we going to do? Just enjoy each other's company? What are we going to do? Talk? Nah, none of that. That's insane. Nah. Yeah. We're going to yell at each other about colors. Exactly. <laughs> I cannot believe when we went to the pub most recently and we were playing that game where three of, where you have four, five players, three of them are telling a lie oh, to yeah. a question. Sounds fishy. It sounds fishy and uh, one person has to tell the truth yeah. so one person reads out a question the answer's on the other side of the card so they can't see it but everyone else can and three people are telling a lie and one well with the players that we were playing with three people told a lie and one person had to tell the truth and the person who doesn't know the answer has to try and pick out who the liars are and say you, you, you reveal that you're a liar it happened twice twice in this game where one of the liars said the correct answer yeah. one of those people was me I don't even know how it happened. I legitimately, I looked at my thing, saw I had to lie, and then looked at the correct answer, and I went, oh man, it really sucks that I have to tell the truth because I've got a really good answer if I was a liar. Mm-hmm. But I was a liar. Yeah. Now, That's stupid. Mind, people at home that I, at no point during this game, we played like, I don't know how many rounds of this game. A, a lot. few, yeah. I did not get the tell the truth fish once so mm. i don't know who has it i don't know which of them is going to say the correct answer and so someone says it and then it gets around it's like what do you mean i'm the right one i was like how is this complicated <laughs> if you see red you lie it's not that difficult nutters all of you but apparently it was difficult for two of us uh anyway just very quickly before we get out of here i did want to say that in case it hasn't been mentioned on another podcast i don't know or not uh, these little intros and outros uh, are going to be going away soon. Uh, we're not going to be doing them on these podcasts. They're not going away entirely. They're still going to be available in another place, but just not on these podcasts anymore. Yeah, so if you like reformat, indeed, yeah. So if you like this sort of 
like general chat about our lives and behind the scenes of what content we're making and stuff like that there's still going to be a way to listen to that sort of stuff but we're just going to be kind of trimming down the content and just making it about the wrestling on these review podcasts so just so you're all aware in a couple weeks that'll be changing um but anyway that's going to do it for this episode thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it stick around for more content soon we're in the lead to SummerSlam and all the other content that comes with it thank you so much for listening we love you very much goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.